welcome to the Everything Theatre podcast, brought to you by Everything Theatre, a theatre review and interview website covering more than just London Fringe Theatre. Each week we'll bring you interviews with some of the best that Fringe Theatre has to offer. We'll talk to theatre makers about new shows, hear about the art of making the plays, talk about some of the wonderful venues you may never have heard of before. In short, we will chat Everything Theatre and what makes it tick. So let's dive straight in and hear what today's episode has to offer. I've got Lily Middleton with us today. Lily is one of our reviewers for Everything Theatre, one of our more active reviewers. Uh, Lily, pleasure to chat to you. So tell us a little about yourself. Tell us about your involvement with Everything Theatre. Hi, Rob. Uh, so I started reviewing for Everything Theatre back in 2014. And then I did a couple of years and I stopped. And I actually can't remember why I stopped. Now I don't know why I stopped <laughs> because I absolutely love it. And then it was during the lockdown in, I think it was January this year that I saw a call out on Twitter for reviewers, especially for online content at the time. And I jumped straight back in and haven't looked back. Yeah, you are. You're, I think you're the third person that come back this year who'd been away for a while. So it's been really, yeah. it's been great seeing new sort of new face, old faces come back. So what's what's your first theatre memory? What got you into theatre originally? So I've got a couple of really standout childhood memories of theatre. So I grew up in Croydon, so I was never far from the London theatre scene. But actually, we didn't come up as much as I thought we might have. As an adult and trying to go to the West End myself, it's very expensive. So it's perhaps not surprising that we weren't always up at a big show. But the biggest memory I have is Starlight Express at the Apollo. I think as a kid, sitting in the middle of that theatre with people on roller skates whizzing past your head is just really cool. (laughs) And I loved the music. And I think part of it's probably that my dad was obsessed with trains. So it was like a way I could get into that with him, but through music, which is always my first love. So that definitely, the magic of that captured me. And even as an adult, it's a soundtrack I like going back to. Even though it's, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber splits opinion. <laughs> it's quite a cheesy soundtrack. If you don't like musicals, you definitely won't like Starlight Express. <laughs> but it is brilliant. And it's it's probably the nostalgia for me, that show. And we also used to go to smaller local theatre quite a lot. So I grew up well, as a kid in the 90s. So I was obviously the massive Jacqueline Wilson fan. I think you had to be. And we went to see The Lottie Project at I think it was the Polka Theatre in Wimbledon. Okay, yeah. And Jacqueline Wilson was there and she sat in front of me and it was just the best thing ever, being a fan and then she's there and it's her story and I think I got a book signed. I think having that kind of theatre experience as a child is pretty special. And there used to be a great little theatre in Croydon called The Warehouse which I'm pretty sure is gone. I think it went a few years ago. And they used to do, um, is it Dick Barton? Kind of oh, old yeah. The comic books, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I used to go with my gran and my mum. I think they did a few of them there where it was like an old radio style BBC voice narrating the action as it happened on stage. And they were, and I think I was about a teenager when we went to wow. see them. So I had quite a good theatre experience, I think, as a kid. I went to quite a mix of things because my parents were into it. So there wasn't really any escape in it. 
<laughs> I had to love it. <laughs> yeah, there is something special about getting kids into theatre, isn't there? I think there is something, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's something that we really should be pushing more, don't you think, to get children to to understand, to appreciate, not to appreciate theatre, but maybe to get them into theatre, to get them to see this different world, this mm. sort of way to express themselves better. So. Yeah, there's too much exclusion, unfortunately, isn't there? As we were talking, I think, before we recorded this, about the pricing. But... Yeah, definitely. And I think it doesn't have to be something kind of, in air quotes, great or worthy. I think maybe people that didn't grow up going to the theatre or don't have those opportunities think it's all Shakespeare. And, and it has its place, Shakespeare, for children. But if you look at what you're taught at school whenever you do a play it's always something very worthy and serious I don't think there's much fun in it unless you're lucky enough to go somewhere that nurtures that my school we did musicals it was another way that I got into them we and we all but we always did like 42nd street anything goes the boyfriend all those old greats that are funny and the music's great and just feel good yeah yeah it doesn't have to be three hours long and really tough it shouldn't be tough to understand to make it good <laughs> what's been your highlights from this year then I probably would split the online and the live with a very clear line I don't think you can really compare the mm. two because they're such different experiences but I have actually I enjoyed the online shows more than I thought I would I found it quite easy to immerse myself in them I think I was probably so desperate to not be watching a Netflix box set anymore <laughs> that I, it was actually really fun to watch something live if it was live. And I really enjoyed this a stove. And I have to admit, I was nervous before it, which is quite unusual because it was fully immersive, fully interactive. You'll be having a conversation, you know, you'll be in this world. We were all on Zoom all the time weren't we at that point it was still I mean we still seem to be so I was a bit hesitant of like is this how I want to spend my Sunday afternoon but the it was so brilliant it was so uh well first start there were only three of us so I didn't need to be nervous because the most people I've been talking to was two people so it wasn't intimidating you were led on a story with beautiful like sound effects and different backgrounds for the I think it was Emma who was leading it. I hope that's right. I think it was Emma. And she was asking, it was almost like one of those books when you're a kid and it's like, you've reached a path. <laughs> Which way do you want to go? And, and as the audience, you were, you shaped the story, but she very much controlled it. And I thought that was such a genius way of doing something like that online. It was really, really good. It either has to be that online or it works really well if it's as if you're just sitting in the audience in the theatre there was a lot of experimenting about yeah. things in people's flats and in their homes. And I think that was really hit and miss. <laughs> oh, it, there was definitely sort of, I think everyone just jumped in, didn't they, to do online content. Yeah. And everything, there was an issue of, are you going to charge for it? Are you going to do it free? Then it was yeah. over Zoom. It was, do we pre-record it? Do we do it live? And there was so many different versions. And I think as the year went on, though, it seemed streamlined in it and get better. <laughs> It's not actually something I reviewed. It was something I paid to watch. Kind of the mentality of paying to watch something then just on your computer was quite strange. But this was um, the last five years musical and it worked really, really well just in people's homes because the whole show is, it's, if you don't know the show, it starts from the end of a relationship for one of the couple and the start of a relationship for the other. And it's like a, timeline that crosses in the middle and then oh, okay. 
and so they're never really meant to be together the couple they just take it in terms like singing about the point of the relationship that they're in so that worked really well just being in each other's living rooms <laughs> but not everything to, uh, to that very well I think yeah I think it, it, it's it's that it's where it crossed over into almost being just film isn't it I mean some of the stuff I yeah. saw but it it was just like watching a, a half hour tv program and it, it's like yeah it's sort of enjoyable but what makes this theater and what does yeah. what, you know and again yeah if you say and why would i pay for this when i can get all this on netflix for eight quid for a month um right so back to so live theater though let's talk about live yeah. theater so obviously that is really the sort of the bread and butter everything what we really want to, what we love isn't it so come yeah. on, what have you seen live this year that really impressed you well, actually, one of the things I love about reviewing is that you go and see shows that you probably wouldn't buy a ticket for <laughs> because for whatever reason, it wouldn't cross your radar or it's a subject matter that you wouldn't necessarily think you'd want to go to. Um, and Foxes is probably one of the standout shows for me this year, Fear to 503. It's about a young black man who's gay and he it's the, the world that he lives in and how it, that doesn't really welcome being gay it's a subject matter I didn't know anything about to be honest I've never considered how tough it is for a young black man to come out to his family and the reaction and a very religious family as well and it was so intense and moving it was one of those where you leave and you kind of feel like you've been hit by something it was very raw and it wasn't something I necessarily would have gone to to be honest but it was really brilliant and I think that's what I really like. And I think that's five, Fear to 503 is very good at choosing works that do that to you. Yeah, I mean, I their really remit is is about new writing, isn't it? And, and yeah. they have a real social element to what they put on. Um, yeah, I've, se- I've seen some absolutely shocking things in there with uh, shocking content-wise. Um, yeah. I've seen some brilliant. I mean, I love that place. I mean, I, I do. I mean, I've, I'm very open that I, I, one of my favorite places to go to because of what they put on. It's strange because I guess the beauty of theatre is it can really give you an insight into a world that you'd never get an insight to otherwise. I think that that was just brilliant. And years and years ago, it was for a review, but pre my comeback. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a play about foot and mouth disease. Oh, Christ. And I think I hadn't really realised that when I said, I'd to, you know, to probably be quite frank, I live in Wandsworth, so Theatre 503 is a convenient theatre mm. commute, <laughs> as well as being an incredible place. I remember they always give you a play text, which is brilliant as well. And I remember reading the back of it and thinking, oh, God. <laughs> well, let me say <laughs> Yeah, but that was just... I, I still can see the set in my mind when I think about that wow. play because it was so kind of haunting. And, and there was a bit where... Because um, obviously they had to burn a lot of the animals when the disease was um, really prevalent. And there was just like this haunting, constant burning, like, effect off stage. And, wow. and it was just a farmer. I think it was just one man... And it was absolutely brilliant. And who would ever say, oh, yay, let's go to the theatre to see a play about foot and mouth disease? <laughs> it is It is true. It's what you said there about by the reviewing, you will go and see things that are completely outside your normal zone, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's a, it, you, I do, yeah, I look at some of these plays and think, who is the audience for this? You know, who, yeah. who would pay to go and see this? Even though, as you say, it can be absolutely fantastic. Sometimes yeah. I do think, how, how has this got an audience? <laughs> Yeah, 
and sometimes you realize that you're just you have to be careful that you're not just going to see yourself mirrored back at you like a lot of the podcasts I listen to are 30 something women a lot of the books I read are written by 30 something women like you realize that you're just surrounding yourself with people with the same views as you in the same mm. life as you and then you you go you have a very closed-minded view of the world so I think it's really important to push your boundaries with what you see I mean I'm I'm all for that and so it's something I try to encourage isn't it people to do is go and see things yes. that sit outside their comfort zone but we do you can tell by our reviews we do a lot more four stars than anything else and you do, because we're picking the shows we want to go and see beforehand so you know yeah. you're <laughs> You're, you're not going to pick something you think you go dislike, so you already got sort of a slight bias towards a play. But, um, but yeah, Foxes was good, and um, yeah, you saw, was it Milk and Gall as well at the um, yes, at... that was that was a funny one because during the play, if you'd have asked me in the moment how it affected me, I would have said it was entertaining, it was quite surreal and strange, but it didn't really have a profound impact on me. And it was only on the bus home I got really emotional. I've never had such a delayed response Weird, to theatre before. Yeah, it was really, like, it almost felt like it had been harrowing, but it hadn't felt harrowing during the actual the time day. until you'd actually yeah. digested it. I always yeah. remember, I can't remember what the play is now. I remember going to see one play, and I thought, I'm sure it was a 503 as well, and I couldn't work it out. I couldn't work out what he was trying to say. And I remember walking to the train station the next morning, literally 8 o'clock in the morning, freezing cold, walking down the road, and I literally stopped, like, I've got it. <laughs> and suddenly, literally 12 <laughs> hours after I've seen this play, you know, so the next morning and suddenly it clicked in my head. It's like, I think I've got what it means now. And suddenly it was like this whole enlightenment yeah. and you saw the play in a whole different light after you'd seen the play, didn't you? You know, yeah. it's, it's, it is incredible. It's something, yeah, it's something I think, again, you you have to go to sort of fringe theatre and that type of play, I think, to get that, that effect. You do a lot of audio plays as well, don't you? So what is it about yeah. audio plays that you love? I've always loved listening to stories. It's probably another thing that's been ingrained in me from a young child. I used to have cassette tapes of Dick King Smith books when I was a kid. Used to, if I couldn't sleep, it was stick one of those on. I still, if I can't sleep, I put audible things on. It's it's just, it must be like an ingrained comfort thing for me <laughs> that I like someone telling me a story. But I think that audio plays, and particularly the soundstage, I've been reviewing quite a few of I think it's immersive theatre in the in maybe not what's become what immersive theatre means. Yeah. But it it's in your ears. It's completely transports you. You're sitting in your own home, and you're just you are in another world. Do you and, do you do you listen through headphones? Yes. And does that make yeah. a difference for that sort for the audio stuff because it blocks everything else? Is it? Do you think it's different listening through headphones or listening through a speaker? I think because I have the radio on all the time, I'm quite good at tuning it out when I'm working. So if I had it just kind of in the room, I think I might be in danger of tuning out. Yeah, so the headphones focus it. Yeah, and what I quite like doing, because I'm not very good at just sitting and listening to something because I fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to fall. And it's not because it's not good. It's just because I think it's a comfort thing, to be honest. So I quite like drawing while I listen. So that my hands are busy, but I'm not really, I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just in the story, but, you know, Mm. drawing and doodling around and stuff. It can be, I think, if something's a bit 
scary or, inti- or on, on edge. It's so much scarier if it's just audio in your ears than watching it on TV. Uh, to me, I, I don't know. I'm, I think my imagination is too good. Like I can't watch, I don't watch scary things to be honest. I don't, I don't do horror. I don't do any of that. I think my overactive imagination is a curse in that sense. I can't separate my mind. But the benefit of it is that I can completely see this world in my head when I listen to audio plays. And I think it's as I said, isn't it? You, you can never put on screen what you can make in your mind. That's why books, I said about horror books, are usually much better in book than film because yeah. your imagination will always be 10 times worse than what you was, how it would look on a film in the end. <laughs> and I think the theatre, though, the same game of theatre, I think being in a theatre space yeah. makes you focus more, doesn't it? So, yeah. again, you have no distractions. You know, that's the thing about in a blacked-out theatre space, you, you have no choice but to focus on what's in front of you, which what can make it much more intense than watching it, again, online on, on a TV screen or a computer yeah. screen. but. Right, let's get down to the dreaded M word. <laughs> musicals. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've mentioned it a few times. You love your musicals, don't you? Absolutely love them, yes. <laughs> um, I can remember his first name, Stephen Sondheim. Stephen Sondheim, yeah. Yeah, so I take it you know a few of his plays. I take it you've seen a few of his musicals over the years. I actually haven't as much as you might expect, He's not someone that's been in my okay. musical world as much as he is, obviously is for so many people, mm. like the outpouring of love on Twitter. And yeah, I feel like I now need to go in more. We did have tickets for Sunday in the Park with George for last summer, oh, which obviously got... Yeah, and canceled. that had quite a big name in it, didn't it? So who was meant to be... Oh, uh, yeah, it was someone huge. I can't it, remember who it was, no, like a Hollywood yeah. level. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember that. I've seen that one. I've actually seen that one. <laughs> You've beaten me on that one. Then. <laughs> I saw it a few years ago, um, and it was so creatively done. It was they, the backdrop was the painting, and the painting just gradually gets filled in as the show went on. Really, really clever production. Someone said to me yesterday about it. Said, you know, it it wasn't so much just what his musicals were. It was that he made people think about them in a different way. He, he he changed how musicals were written. Someone said to me, which was quite interesting. Yeah, I think he's, I really want to do some more reading and, you know, read all the obituaries. I think it's kind of sad that when someone dies, you suddenly have After, people reading yeah. all about people's lives. I think it's, was it um, Lionel Blair that died a few weeks ago? And then I read all about his life and was absolutely fascinated. And I mean, you think Stephen Solheim was eight, 91. So I suppose, mm. it, you know, it was sort of probably the 70s and 80s that he was probably very sort of 60s, 70s, 80s. He was so all-encompassing all sort of the one. What we see now is probably a produ- result of what he done 30 years ago. I say, yeah, you know, he, he he made, you know, the theatre we see now, the musicals we see now, probably are influenced by what he did originally. So we don't realise what his influence is. You just yeah, you kind of now. take it for granted because you yeah. haven't realised what was there before. What What's your favourite musical? It would probably be very hard to pick, but I absolutely love Wicked, <laughs> which is bizarre because I hate The Wizard of Oz. I really hate The Wizard of Oz. It's I don't like the film. I find it all very creepy and horrible. <laughs> but I and my mum can't believe that I like Wicked because ever since I was a kid, The Wizard of Oz has just been like I'm not engaging in it. <laughs> I, so it's so strange. I saw Wicked in its first week at the West End. Wow. It was like, I, I just, I come out of it, and it's like, I just, 
nothing, absolutely nothing for me. And whether it was, I, I'm not sure if it, it might have been previews, maybe there were still some bugs in it, I don't know. But I just come out and it's like, I just did not. It was absolutely wasted on me, I'll be honest, absolutely wasted on me. But, yeah, each to their own. <laughs> and I have to say I love it, but I am nowhere near the level of obsession of some of the Wicked fans who, you know, go... I think I've seen it four times, which is, which is not, not much. That's not four times <laughs> over about 15 years, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would have opened um, in what, 2006 or two, yeah, about 2006, wasn't it, I think? So 15 years, four yeah, times, that's fine. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I, I just, I don't know, I can't even quite tell you what it is about it. I think some of the music is just absolutely stunning and not necessarily defying gravity in big showstoppers I think some of the more tender moments are really beautiful in it it just got me somehow if you know I listen to mm. the soundtrack probably at least once a month just as I'm pottering around <laughs> pretending I'm yeah. <laughs> it's musicals above all theatre generate a, a following don't they you, you don't get a following for sort of a big west end drama in a way you, you know musicals musicals have repeat you know, you can go watch musical over and over again, can't you, if you really enjoy it. I mean, I, yeah. I, don't, okay. I mean, I don't get it. I don't get why people go see the same thing 10 times in a year when they go see 10 different things. Yeah. So four, let's say four times in 15, 16 years is fine. But, I mean, Heather, <laughs> Heather's at the moment, and because um, Heather's is coming back mm. to the West or, um, yeah, coming back into London, and it's touring. And when we reviewed that and I was looking for some sort of information on it, and I was seeing people saying, I'm, I'm going to see it six times. <laughs> Why? Why would you go see the same show six times in a month? I mean, that's quite a lot. <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's bulging on, on sort of you need help. <laughs> um, but... I think it just like gets under your skin. And because it's music, like if you have a famous musician, how many times would you listen to their album in your lifetime? And yeah. how many times do you go and see them live? And they're doing the same songs most of the time unless they've just had a new album out. I think that's what it is about it. It's if you love it, it just really gets under your skin. And I think one of the best shows, one of my favourite shows was Once. And I already loved the film, which I wouldn't say is a musical. It's got music in it, but it just happens that they're musicians. And then mm. the West End show, I think it was, I don't even know if it was first on the West End, but it turned it into a musical. <laughs> I had a quite an embarrassing reaction to that show <laughs> because I, I just loved it so much. I loved the music. I just think not so much some of the more gimmicky songs that they added to the show, but the original songs that were in the film are absolutely beautiful. And I went with my mum and I remember we were in the stalls and at the end, we were walking up the like side of the stalls and everyone's just happy leaving the show. And I was like sobbing. <laughs> really like loud sobs and I remember people looking at me like what's she just seen no one else is having this reaction to this show I mean if you leave and come from away sobbing I think it's okay because it's such an emotive subject but once isn't mm. <laughs> but it's just something about the music that just it's the music for me it's yeah. that's what gets me it's interesting because I will go and see a band. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll go see a band a few times. So I suppose it's the same principle, isn't it? I mean, imagine on top of the music that you already love, there was also theatre. Like, how how can you not love musicals? Because it's it doesn't have to be the cheesy 
it, if it's the, the cheese that you don't like it doesn't have to be that there's so think, much more like where's the room for the new really exciting stuff that is yeah. there that is coming out and being developed but when's there ever going to be the space for it or the money for it if these big shows are always here i think the, pro- the big part of the problem is is the cost of putting on a big west end musical isn't it you it's the risk taking of it isn't it and i mean yeah, yeah where yeah. is the new I, just, I suppose where is the next demon stone stone coming from yeah it's the question in manuel miranda <laughs> well yeah and again, I think the say we were talking about this before we recorded him, wasn't we? I you know, and that was a new name on me, but I mean, for people who don't know him, he's he's the guy who wrote Hamilton, isn't he? So he's clearly, you know, he's clearly is is a name. I suppose I suppose with the success of Hamilton, I suppose people will be willing to take risks with with whatever he wants to do next, won't they? I suppose. And I just think it's so refreshing to have a new musical that isn't like a jukebox musical that does so well. It doesn't feel like there's much actual original musical writing there probably is but it's just not I, getting there but, but you okay go bring back to reviewing though i mean you've you've yeah. reviewed some musicals for us that aren't west end musicals and you've oh yeah so I, I think they are there they, aren't they they are out they there. there yeah <laughs> it's hard isn't it because sometimes they're so there was a was it something like i wish my life was a musical was one i reviewed yeah. online i really really enjoyed that it was funny it was tongue-in-cheek it was really, really, really clever. So yeah, they are there. I'm wrong to say that there isn't new writing. It's there, thousand percent is. It's just not getting the, they, the acclaim. Okay, actually, let's throw this one out there. Six. Mm, now, that's that a very one, good example. Yeah, I mean, I could say, I suppose <laughs> what we're looking at, we see so many. I say we we see so many shows between us. Yeah, we forget. And most of them will just disappear with no trace. But every now mm. and again, one will come out. That, yeah. And six was we. Six started off as, as an Edinburgh Fringe show. Yeah. And then we saw it at the Arts Depot, not the Arts Depot, Arts Theatre, back in 2017. Which really isn't that long ago for it now to be a complete worldwide sensation. Yeah, but but Six is one that's come out from nowhere, really. Yeah, yeah. So they do happen, I suppose, don't they? Yeah. And actually, um, <coughs> the 13 that I reviewed, even though... It's a, the composer who wrote the last five years, Jason Jason Robert Brown, I think it is. And I have to admit, I didn't realise that when I went to review it. And I probably never would have gone to that because it was it's a bunch of kids. Well, 13 <laughs> was a showcase, wasn't it, for Royal Drama School or something? Yeah. yeah. So, But I don't think I would have gone to that on especially you know on my own in a room full of fat it was all families and then you know the row of critics is very easy to see (laughs) but that was absolutely brilliant and you know I I would watch those names I wouldn't be surprised if you see them obviously that's the point of the showcase as well is to get Mm. them out there and give them a, a platform but it was so exciting to see all this amazing young talent and I think I said in my review that it was you know we're in safe hands it's <laughs> but to have a show that is full of kids is something oh a bunch of teenagers being teenagers mm. but the, that the music was just fantastic and I think you just need a really good score and you're you're, you're made oh. what's so um, lovely about reviewing when you like the show and you genuinely really support the people you've seen and you become really invested in it and then it's so nice when you put the review goes out into the world and you can engage with people on twitter who were involved and um i think it was with foxes they've been very active on twitter so it's 
so nice to then see like my quote appear on their image that they're sharing and become really invested in something that you've seen and loved and feel part of and it makes it harder when you don't like something as much because you then know that an individual who put their heart and soul Mm. into something is going to read that very difficult it's very difficult isn't it for to do to do the horror reviews because yeah Yeah. as you say but um right next show out for you is the rhythmics yes it's a musical (laughs) is it it's a very bizarre musical if it is though isn't it i like to know where the theater is and get a vague gist of what i'm seeing and be assured that it's not going to be a horror fest and that at that point i kind of stop engaging until i go and see something there'd be a bunch of guys who join a gymnastics group or something by accident yeah so what i've read is that it's a a a teenage daughter persuades her dad to join what he thinks is a band so he goes along to the rhythmics tryouts or audition or whatever he thinks it is and it's actually an all-male gymnastic rhythmic gymnastic troupe which i just think you can't go wrong with a premise like that yeah it it looks it, it, it looks like it's gonna be very funny so yeah well, and you've touched on it a few times what is it you'd say what would you say to people who think about reviewing for us what would you say to people who are sort of tempted maybe to come and start writing for us i would just say do it it gives you so much more out of your own theater experience because i think you give things more consideration even when you're not reviewing it even when you know you're part of everything theatre and you're just you still go to the theatre on your own as well you don't always want to be reviewing what you're seeing you, but you always have that slightly different frame of mind as I mentioned earlier you'll see you see things that you'd never think you would go and see but they'll surprise you you will see some things that are <laughs> not <Yeah. laughs> so good like you can't guarantee that it's always going to be a four or five star incredible experience that makes you cry on the way home but at the same time, I think it's good to see a mix of things. It gives you a real scope for the kind of breadth of theatre and how, how much it can do, how many incredible people there are out there making stuff. You feel kind of part of that in your own way, which is really nice. Also, really good writing practice. I definitely value that side of it. I used to work in marketing, but I've recently shifted slightly into a job that's got more writing in it you know my boss says to me it's great that you do that on the outside that you're getting writing experience in something different from your day job so if that's your career or that's something you're interested in it was you know probably helped me get my foot in the door in that industry great on your cv (laughs) it's nice to have like a portfolio of your writing that Mm. people are actually seeing and it's not just a personal blog or a notebook that you feel like you're slaving away and trying to get better or improve or get exposure you're out there as a person and you can push it more on social media if you want to you can kind of try and build yourself up if that's what you're interested in equally you can have a complete hidden identity and review under a different name ah good old Nathan (laughs) good old Nathan Blue (laughs) so it's it's just I just think it's really great and I would really recommend anyone to give it a go and it's not you know, if you're worried about the commitment, it's not a huge commitment. I normally write my first draft on the way home and then I will reread it the next day to check I agree with my immediate feelings <laughs> and, you know, do a few tweaks. It's it's really, really fun. I just really love it. And I 
yeah i don't think i'll be taking a break again anytime soon <laughs> fantastic anyway that has been absolutely glorious it's been a pleasure having you back lily it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you properly and hearing what you like and hearing why i should give musicals a better sound out thank you for your time it's been absolutely lovely thank you so much Thanks so much for listening. Please check out our website at everything-theatre.co.uk where you can find reviews and past interviews that we've done. And please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes where we'll be talking to more of the amazing people who make theatre the wonderful place it is. This has been Everything Theatre. We hope you enjoyed. Yay! <laughs>